This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. Welcome back, Toby McKinnon with you, joined by Dan Malecki, and we'll get our focus away at Bendigo on race one, the Heidi George Classic Heats at Echuca on the 18th of the seventh pace. Now, the first question, Dan, is we've talked a bit about maps, but do you throw the map out here and do you just settle on raw for Roscoe because he's just simply the best horse in the race? Look, probably, but it's not without uh, wanting to uh, have a look um, yeah. elsewhere because of where he's drawn inside the back row. I, look, personally, I do think he's got links on them. If it was the, the yeah. middle distance, the, the 2,100-metre distance, I think he's got plenty of time to get around and, and then make his own luck because that's what he can do, make his own luck. But over 16.15, you don't get clear running in the early part. It's, it's a bit more difficult. So um, clearly he's the one to beat if... He doesn't um, face too many hurdles. He, he's the horse to beat. Um, the stain, uh, he was pretty good last week, the way he finished off there. But as a sit sprinter, so he's a get-back horse as well. So you look at the horses that could be up on speed, and I suspect uh, Dollar Geary might be one of those. I think he's going really well. I mean, the form suggests he's going really well, and he's the one on the front line that, that um, offers a bit of value. Um, there's only going to be, well, I was going to say there's only going to be six across the front. Most likely there'll be six across the front because the emergency is mm. drawn seven. And to be fair, I like it when the emergency is drawn seven. They should be drawn seven in every race there's emergencies. Um, look, eight, nine, two. I thought they were the primary chances. And Slides I don't want to forget either. His form had been pretty good um, before his last few starts. So they're, they're the top four. I didn't have much trouble sorting them out as being the top four, but um, race shape and, uh, you know, you mentioned cartography before, trying to work out the map for this race, <laughs> not so easy. So I have um, deferred to quality. So eight on top, eight, nine, two, 11. Yeah, I'm going to have 50 cents each way here. Uh, Raw for Roscoe on top, because I think he's just the best horse in the race, but I'm not sure how desperate... Uh, Juanita will be to get off the pegs. Oh, it's a very hard race to assess that way. Then I've got four major major because I think he will be the one that gets to the front. He, his middle trip record is not great throughout his whole career, but you've got to put an asterisk against that because a lot of those middle trip races have been Vic Bread Series and Breeders' Crown Series. His short trip racing is really good. He's had a win and a second over the 1,200 metres. Gets back to the 1650, and I think that'll suit him. Gets to the front, I reckon. Believing Forever should hold up on the leader's back. Has pretty good gate speed, Believing Forever. And it's it's got Mildura form, but that Mildura form around horses like Cemetery Bay is not too bad at the moment. So that doesn't deter me. Trained on track. So I think Believing Forever can run a place. And I threw Dalagiri in for all the reasons you set in for fourth, Dan. But 
it could be a race where there's no real, it could go really hard early, believing forever major, major to Pello Beach. And if that happens, that'll really bring in horses like you mentioned, the Stain and Sly Terror. It was a race I wasn't overly confident on. If I was having a play in the race, I'd probably have a little each way on Believe in Forever. Uh, a text off, uh, something off the text machine. Uh, Toby, this may be a silly question, but if Bendigo is so biased, why don't they plan to upgrade with a camber from the 400 or something like that to make it fair for all runners? Regards, Greg in Perth, home of the fairest track in Oz. Laugh out loud, he says. I think he was being... I think the issue is, Greg, I don't think it really matters what track it is. When the horses get... Uh, it's all tempo-based, I suppose, but at Bendigo, they can really, really charge over that last 800 because the track is so good. In fact, the better the tracks get, the harder it is for them to come from behind, yeah. if that yeah, makes sense, true. Dan. Yeah, yeah, no, I think you're right. And and the other is, too, speed in the race. Like, if there's a longer um, run to the first turn, the speed can be built up. Yeah. I think the shorter runs into the first turn, uh, what's more likely to happen for the majority of the field, they're easing. They're easing into the first turn. When that happens, uh, you can often get that um, uh, a slightly slower first quarter. And if the same principle applies for a metropolitan class race as it does to a lower-graded uh, provincial race... Uh, it makes it extremely difficult. I mean, you can imagine at the bell, if you're 30 metres off the lead, you're a second or a bit more off the pace, yeah. um, you're going to have to come wide to do it. And if they're running 56.5 even, you've got to break 55.5. And, a half. and um, most of these horses can run similar times of similar grade, and that's why yeah. the barrier draws become so much more important at a track like Bendigo. So as I said, when you get that really fast lead time and running into the first turn... It doesn't mean that leaders will stop, but it probably helps those out the back, the, the traditional sit sprinters. It's probably not that different to, to a Melton. The better horses can make their runs during the race. The tougher ones, the stayers, can be up on the speed and run the time. And those that are suited by the draws um, can utilise their optimum positions. But it just highlights it a bit more at Bendigo. I think because you don't have those metropolitan class fields uh, all the time, and it's more obvious when it gets there. I find the same thing or a similar thing when they go to the stand. Or I don't know why they call standalones, but when they go to the the, the country races on the Saturdays, you you know you pack it in your Mornington, you, yeah, uh, your yeah, Ballarat, your yeah. Bendigo, and it's and it's not dissimilar to my eye what happens there as well. Yeah, okay. In all that stats I did, the one race that stood out was a horse came from four back the outside and one beat six back the outside, beat five back the outside. And I thought, well, that's an interesting race. I went and had a look and it was a claimer where there was huge levels and discrepancies yep. in the standards of the horses. So, I would have been on the leader probably. That'll be about the only time. <laughs> no, if you were, yeah, I won't go down that track. Uh, uh, if you're on the leader, Dan, uh, that might have hampered that horse's ability. <laughs> um, but let's move on. So I don't know if that really answered it, Greg. I think the tracks are too good. The better the tracks get, I don't think it really uh, <laughs> makes it any different, if that makes sense. And the Canberra at Bendigo is terrific. Right. Now, a friend from Perth, I, I, um, I quite enjoy having a bet in, in Perth at Gloucester Park. So if um, is it Greg from Perth? Yeah, said? Greg from yeah. Perth. Yeah, he's well, he'd, he'd enjoy injury. betting on Mildura, I'd imagine. Then there would be some similarities there with uh, with Gloucester Park. Yeah, very true. Uh, race two and Ballarat. Race two, uh, the Haras the Trotter Trot. Uh, a very interesting race. This and 
I was staggered at one horse's odds, Dan, really staggered. Uh, I wonder if you found the same, but I'll see what you think first and foremost. I, I'm imagining that the staggered uh, might be Sir Eros. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, eight fifty. I must admit, I had him half that price uh, <laughs> as a given. Uh, Mark Pitt, front line, he worked hard, back line, just probably overdid it early last week. Um, with a similar type of a line-up, um, absolutely, he's overs, no doubt. Um, look, I, I, uh, I've put Elder Varandino on top. I still think it's going to be a challenge from outside the back row. There's just such a big field, but gee, it was a good run. Yeah, First man. up, Arawakoe, uh, over a distance. It's probably not ideal for him, but I think uh, he's come back in terrific order. Um, very hard to beat Elder Berendino, but typical of a race where he's going to have to make a move around them. Why? How long it takes for him to get around them. Um, potentially end up in the spot outside the leader. The the earlier and the easier he gets there, the better chance he has of winning. He He's all right coming off the back of speed as well, but you might take luck out of the equation then if you're able to make that mid-race move. And I think he's forward enough on what we saw at Melton that he's capable of doing that. But second up, big field, barrier 13, having to work, it's still going to leave him a little bit vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, while, I, while I didn't have any hesitation in, in identifying him as the horse to beat, so Eros jumped out at the value and yeah. um, because he has got some speed and... Uh, Look, he might have weakened last week. He got up the start before, which is, you've got to forgive, form before that was terrific. Um, and I agree, $8.50 and two seventy the place at the moment on tab. He looks a really good each-way play. Uh, he can find his way up towards the front of the field, and by no means he's not a one-trick pony. He doesn't have to lead to have his best chance, but he can utilise that gate, which is most important, and not have to work as hard to get up on the pace like he did last week. Um Imperial Wiz, for a horse that's had 1,164 starts, <laughs> that was nearly its career best performance. It blew them away last week. It's hard to not have him in the mix because he's got gate speed and he could lob either in front or in a lovely spot. So he's a must to go in, uh, Imperial Wiz, on what we saw last week. And um, and I've got the 11 in, uh, rounding out my top four central Otago, who's first up. 13, 5, 1 and 11. Yeah, look, I'm not too different, Dan. I'll, I'll set it with Sir Eros in front. He was absolutely outstanding last week. That lead time was really fast, and it really equated to basically the equal fastest of the night, in a, in a sense, when you factor in it was Trotter, etc. We talked a lot about that on the review show on Monday. But he he's on top. He went around last week off the outside of the second row at $2.70 favourite, had a really tough run, and didn't get beaten that far in the end only 22 meters and the winner imperial is won by some distance by 6.3 meters so when you factor all that in he, he's huge value at 850 and 270 13 elder barandina for all the reasons you said i think nine golden sunset is an interesting runner imperial whiz loves to lead if imperial whiz leads and golden sunset does start off the leader's back. If It'd be a lot easier this, Dan, if his mock was drawn gate seven, but it being the first emergency from eight, you've got to put an asterisk here. I think Golden Sunset can really run a race from off the leader's back if Imperial Wiz leads, and, and I think he, she can run a race, Golden Sunset, even from three back the fence. And Zarem ran through an Inter-Dominion series and ran seventh, fifth, and fifth in the heats, which is a pretty good return and was amazing first up. It was virtually a trial, Carl, in as Goodridge needed. Just threw the horse in to give him a really solid hit out, a really solid trial was what she said to me. And 
he went absolutely amazing from four back the fence. So uh, he may be in the same position, four back the fence, but I think he will run on really hard. And Imperial Wiz, in, he's an interesting horse, Dan, in the sense that when he wins, they run even sectionals. That sort of 30, 30, 30, 30 is what he loves. And he seems to be able to do that all day. He doesn't love a 27 sort of home. So James Herbertson driving him, you'd expect him to set a really even tempo, which will make it an interesting race. Yeah, look, it certainly will. $16 Imperial Wiz. If you backed him at the long odds last week, we're impressed (laughs) by his performance. It still seems like it's good odds when he gets such a good draw. Um, But look, it's a a big enough field and a challenge for Albert and Dino, but Mm. he's the horse I I expect that will get to free-for-all grade. He's probably on on the cusp of it now, but he's also shown that he is competitive at that level. A lot of the others have uh, been around this grade for quite some time. So Eros is lightly raced and still progressive. So I think they're the two you can take out of this race with confidence that they're going to get to a high level in time and in a short time. Garrard's horse and hound, three-year-old pace, Dan. I'm not sure the Lost Storm can win this. He's he's seven from seven when he's led and naught from two when he's sat parked. He's first up. He's the best horse in the race, I have no doubt. He should win the race. Would I take the dollar fifteen? Seven from seven when he's led, naught from two when he's from the chair. I'm not sure the lead will be there tonight, uh, tomorrow night. Do you think the Lost Storm wins, Dan? Um, I'm not going to be betting on him at a dollar fifteen to find out. Um, mm. He hasn't raced this year. Mm. Uh, he's drawn wide. Uh, his main targets in two months' time. Now he'll be forward enough. He, he's a top class horse. And I think you'll probably win. I don't want to necessarily bet against him, but there is attractive odds on offer for some pretty handy horses. And they are pretty handy. This is not just a midweeker. Yeah. There's some good quality horses in there. He, he looks pretty special. That last win of his in the Vic Red final was just, well, one of the highlights of the year without question. That was New Year's Eve. He has not raced since. It's a long time off. Um, he could actually be better, better now. But whatever he is and however he steps out tomorrow night, Uh, you can guarantee there's still lengths of improvement to come. So um, I don't tip against him because he's the horse to beat. I haven't really delved too much into whether he's able to lead or not. I I didn't necessarily think it was that important, but if he didn't lead and, uh, you know, he has to work a little bit and sits without cover and from seven you think you're going to have to at some stage, uh, all these little things being first up, uh, the reasons why you would kick yourself if he gets beaten and you included him and you're all at a dollar fifteen. But um, for all intent and purposes, best horse in the race and clearly is the Lost Storm. So I tip him ahead of Louis Luai, who's very much a sit sprinter. So you would think that maybe Bendigo's not the track to suit him. Um, the four was major celebrity, I think, could press forward. Um, and, and that's the thing. If Major Celebrity was able to end up in front, uh, the possibilities are the quicker that the Lost Storm moves up, the more likelihood that the Lost Storm would get to the front. I, I, I don't know that there's a... a We're going to get to a break here, Dan. Ten seconds. Well, I don't know that there's anyone there that would be game enough to keep out the Lost Storm, though. Yeah, I think there may be. We'll get a break and I'll give my thoughts on the Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington and Dan Malecki. So, Dan, just quickly, those first four numbers in uh, race three at Bendigo from you? Uh, my tips, seven, five, four and six. 
seven, five, four, and six. I'm seven, five, one, and four. I think Louis Luai is a great bet because either the Lost Storm's going to sit parked and do the work, and Louis Luai will get a good run, either one, one, three back the outside. And if he works to the front, the Lost Storm, I think the other key players will work hard to get to the front to be the horse that hands up the Lost Storm. And then if they've done a bit of work, Louis Luai will get over the top of them and run in a second spot. I think he's a great each-way bet. It's sort of a, a 5 by 15 sort of style, or 1 by 3 or 1 by 4 at $11.270. Let's get the news. We're back the other side with more FFP.